Welcome to New City Sermon Podcast. Join us as we open God's Word to be empowered and challenged today. Good morning to you. Uh, My name is Cody. I serve as one of the leaders here at our church. And if you are new here, I see my lovely mother-in-law is here for the first time. Uh, I just want to say thank you for coming and uh, welcome to New City. Uh, Today is Pentecost Sunday or the uh, birthday of the church. Um, You might say, well, wait a minute. Wasn't the church born back when Jesus was baptized and a voice from heaven came and said, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. Or you might say, wait a minute, uh, Cody. There was another time where Peter made that great confession that, Lord, you are the Messiah, the son of God. Maybe that was the birth of the church. Well, the reason why many Christians celebrate today as the birth of the church is because it's the day when the church came out of hiding, came out of the womb, if you will, and proclaimed the magnificent works and deeds of God. And so today we'll be talking about uh, Pentecost and, 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 and what, does that, what does that mean? Uh, One of the things that's happening in society now is sort of an explosion of spirituality. Folks are moving more and more towards opportunities to practice spirituality, but without any sort of biblical guidelines. Um, One aspect of the spiritual industry known as uh, alternative medicine, now this is just one part of it, they uh, estimate an income of about 200 and something billion dollars inside of just that area of spirituality. 271 billion dollars, which is a hundred billion dollars more than 2018. So there's an explosion of spirituality. But I wonder if folks know that God has already sent his spirit. If you're here today, by the time we conclude our time together, you should be more aware of God's spirit coming to rest on humanity, and you should be more aware of what that means. First, let's go ahead and start by reading the text. This morning we are in Acts chapter 2, and we pick it up in verses 1. It says... When the day of Pentecost had arrived, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like that of a violent rushing wind came from heaven, and it filled the whole house where they were staying. They saw tongues like fire, or like flames of fire, that separated and rested on each one of them. Then they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And began to speak in different tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were Jews staying in Jerusalem, devout people from every nation under heaven. When this sound occurred, a crowd came together and was confused because each one of them heard them speaking in his own language. They were astounded and amazed, saying, look! Aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? How is it that each of us can hear them 
in our own native language. Parthenians, Medes, Elamites, those who live in Mesopotamia, in Judea, in Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the magnificent acts of God in our own tongues. They were all astounded and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? Father in heaven, God, as we open up your word, we acknowledge the fact that we need to hear from you. So God, I ask now for a blessing on the speaking of your word, for a blessing over the hearing of your word, and for a blessing over the doing of your word. Now in your son Jesus' name we pray, amen. Uh, when I was a child, one of the first things I drawed uh, towards is this, this device used to connect people with one another. Anybody know what this is? Anybody know what that is? Well, what's that? Right? Huh? A phone? Close. Very close. Almost. Very close. That's what used to be a phone, right? That's far from what a phone is today. I remember uh, having to dial seven digits in order to connect with someone. And I remember as a little boy being a little frustrated when they said, wait a minute now, not just seven no more. Now it's 10. They added an additional three digits in order to connect with uh, someone over the phone. But today, folks, again, are maybe bored with connecting with people, but now seeking to connect with ancestors or uh, some form of a spirit that will be a guide to them and it would guide them towards a life of meaning and purpose. But God has sent his spirit already, and his spirit uh, empowers believers. We'll see that now in, in the text. God's agent is among us. Let's take a look at verse 1. It says, when the day of Pentecost had arrived, now, this is a day in Israel's history in which they celebrated something. So Pentecost was something before Pentecost. It was a day of celebration. It was a day in which they acknowledged, wait a minute, God uh, brought us out of Egypt and to the promised land. It was a day of, of praising God and celebrating the fact that we now get to reap a harvest, the first grains, the first fruits of this promised land. But Pentecost was also a day where they uh, recognized that God has been working with them and his presence have been among them. And so Pentecost, penta meaning five or 50, it was 50 days after the Passover that the celebration occurred. And for whatever reason, on this day, God determines no longer will you just have to remember my presence being around you. But I'm going to give my presence, my spirit to you. 
And here we see that the Spirit of God is active in us. He poured his Spirit out. How did he pour his Spirit out? We see there in verses 2. It says that suddenly like a wind, a violent Russian wind came from heaven and it filled the whole house where they were staying. In verse 3, it says they saw tongues like flames of fire that separated and rested on each one of them. In verse 4, then they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in different tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, God says, I'm going to send you my spirit, and he could have chosen to reveal himself in any way. But in flames of fire, fiery tongues. Now, flames has always been a representative of the presence of God. Early on in Scripture, in, in Genesis, we see after Adam and Eve sinned, God removed them from out of the garden. He placed a cherubim and a seraphim to guard the entrance of the garden and a sword of flames, fire. Later on, we see God speaking to Moses at a burning bush where the presence of God is talking to him through flames of fire. Then we see the people, the Israelites, come out of Egypt and they are guided towards the promised land by a pillar of fire by night. And so God's presence is always associated with flames or fire. And then we see tongues. These tongues of fire enabled these uneducated men to speak a language that they were never taught. And in that language, they, they shared the gospel with people. And specifically, verse 11 tells us that they was talking about the magnificent deeds of God. They would say things like, uh, Jesus Christo, I believe that's Jesus is Lord. They would say all of these things in different languages and people would sort of be captivated by this. And so what does it mean for us spiritually that God sent his spirit? It means when God's people are filled with his spirit, something supernatural happens. A power comes out of their mouth and they are able to connect people with one another and ultimately connect folks back to God. The question is this morning, are you filled with his spirit? Are you filled with the spirit? God's agent was poured out once here in Pentecost, but there is a daily uh, application. There's a daily opening ourselves up to God in which we can be filled with his spirit. Paul in Ephesians 5 talks about the necessity for consistency in the Christian life. And he talks about being filled with the spirit. In Ephesians 5.18 he says, and don't get drunk with wine which leads to reckless living but be filled with the Spirit, which is a command. It's a daily practice. God does his part and we do our part. To be filled with the Spirit is similar to driving a sailboat. And on a sailboat, undoubtedly, it is the wind 
that is powerfully moving the boat across the sea. But it's the salesman who opens up the sails. And it's the salesman who, who, who uh, 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 pulls the, the screen tight, the main screen tight, so that the wind could catch it. And then he adjusts the, 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 the jigs. Now, for us in the Christian faith, no matter how powerfully God's spirit is moving, it won't move through us if we're not doing our part of being filled with his spirit. And it means to, what does it mean? It, a believer cannot sit with a wandering or preoccupied mind and be filled with the spirit of God. He cannot expect to be filled with God's presence and never center his mind on the things of God. The believer has to hear and focus his attention and hunger and thirst for the things of God. He has to center his life upon God's spirit in order to receive the promise of being continually filled by his spirit. Now, what does this look like? There in Ephesians 5, 19, Paul says, to be filled with the spirit, you must be speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making music with your hearts to the Lord. Giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting to one another in the fear of Christ. So to be filled with the Spirit, we must have life and community with one another. That's what it means that God has poured his Spirit out for us. It spiritually means that we can be filled with it. With the power of God. Now, after seeing what it means spiritually, that God has poured his spirit out, what does it mean culturally? What does it mean culturally? It means that God's agenda is all people. In verse 8 of Acts 2, we read Peter saying, or the people saying, how is it that each of us can hear them, speaking of the disciples, in our own native language? Verse 11, we hear them declaring the magnificent acts of God in our own tongues. They were all astounded and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? It means that God has poured his spirit out on everyone or for everyone. What does it mean culturally? It, it means the community of believers transcends all racial and regional and social lines. There's no barriers between us who have the spirit of God and someone who don't look like us who have the spirit of God. It means that like God, believers are called to pour themselves out for everyone. No matter the race, no matter whether they're male or female, are you on board with that? Are you on board? Ask yourself this morning, are, am I on board with uh, uh, being a person who is filled with God's spirit and a part of God's agenda for all people? Am I on board with love? Now, 
Why does God do this? Why does he pour out his spirit on everyone? Well, we go back to the Tower of Babel, a time in in human history where God had uh, told folks, I want you to spread out, be fruitful, multiply. But at the Tower of Babel, people decided to sin against God and rebel against God and build a tower towards heaven. The idea of being higher than God. And at that moment, God came down and confused the people by giving them different languages. So now all of a sudden you're talking to somebody in English and they bust out with some French. And you're like, what in the world is happening here? And today there's also confusion on, on, on who am I to love? Who am I to be for? Who, who's in my group? Now, there are some folks who are for or in the group of Black Lives Matter. There are some folks who are down with the woke movement. There are some folks who are down with, the, with, 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 with being Republican and standing on that thing. But God has said, I'm for all people. Amen? I'm for all people. And there's an idea of replacement theory. Not that one, but I believe God is also with replacement theory. He wants to replace the person you used to be for a whole new kind of human being. A human being that will say, you know what? I'm going to love people even if they're an enemy of mine. Jesus said, you must love your enemies. I'm going to love people even if they look different from me even if they cook different from me, even if they dress different from me, even if they vote different from me. God wants to replace that old thought, that old person for a whole new kind of person. At Antioch, we were first called Christians. Not even even because of, of our devotion, not even because of our spirituality, but because we loved people that didn't look like us. And it was weird. And they said, these are Christians, followers of Christ. They would eat with sinners. They would eat and do life with tax collectors, people who you would think you'd just leave alone. So what does this mean culturally? It means that our purpose is to unify people through the gospel. God has sent his son Jesus to unify us to him, and he's sending us to do the same, unify people back to God, but also to one another. But the problem in our society today, too often we allow folks outside the church, without the spirit, to dictate how folks in the church, with the spirit, should engage with one another. That's the Holy Spirit's job, not the world. Some of us aren't filled with the Spirit because we are filled with the narratives of the world. We're intoxicated by false gospels. All we got to do is get rid of those people and the world will be just fine. We can't, we, we, we can't be consumed by God's Spirit because we keep listening to filth. 
We must get rid of, 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 of these narratives in order to be a people who, 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 who serves folks the way that God calls us to. When a white man kills a black man or when a black man kills a white man, that shouldn't change how you feel about the person sitting next to you. The Holy Spirit determines who you are and how you are to be with one another. The voice of society is not our master. Jesus is. Now, what is it going to take for us to, to be filled with the Spirit and to live in the way that God calls us to culturally? We have to understand what's happening. There's a, a wedge being placed between us, and we cannot connect with people because of the confusion. And we're heading back towards Babel. Or we're making names for ourselves, and we're boasting ourselves up, filling ourselves with pride. No matter what happens in the world around us, don't give the world the power to change how you feel about people. If the Spirit is pursuing the unity of people, we must be filled with the Spirit by following the Spirit's agenda for all people. We need this constant reminder of coming together and being a family who gathers week by week with folks that don't look like us, sound like us, vote like us, worship like us. America has many wars outside of the country, but also inside of the country, and it fosters and cultivates a spirit of hatred. And the church in America needs to be a people who offers an alternative model, a model of love, a model that's after God's own heart and design. And the reason why he sent his spirit culturally to impact us. Now we've explored what this means spiritually and we have explored what does it mean that God has sent his spirit and what it means for us culturally. But now we will explore what does it mean personally? What am I supposed to do with this thing? Well, God is adding by announcing. We see that God is adding by announcing, he's adding to his group by you announcing his gospel. In the text, when the folks ask, uh, what does this mean? Peter stood up and he said it means that uh, the prophet Joel spoke on this issue before. And when he spoke on this issue, Joel says that God had told me that God would pour out his spirit among all flesh. Among all people, your sons and daughters were prophesied. And then Peter went into explaining that this Jesus that you crucified, he's now the Lord and Messiah. And so in verse 36, Peter says, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know with certainty that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah, when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what should we do? So the question goes from 
what does this mean to what should we do with what this means? And Peter replied, repent and be baptized, each of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Now, if you are a Christian, there's a bit of a weight that you may feel on your shoulder. I have to change somebody's mind about God? Now, we've already spoke about being filled with the Spirit and how it is actually God's Spirit who changes someone's heart and mind. But he uses his Spirit, his power, through us, speaking about the good news and the gospel. If you're not a believer, I want to share with you today that this word gospel or the good news about why we're here gathered this morning is because all of us are sinners. Not just that group, not just those people, but all of us, all of humanity are sinners. And God loved us so much that he gave his son Jesus to die instead of you. And on the cross, he paid the price for your sins, all of your wrongdoing. And now through Jesus Christ, we are reunited with God. And we will spend eternity with him. Let's go ahead and stand to your feet. We spoke earlier about the phone. Steve Jobs said recently, um, you know, we made some mistakes in the past and we first started out with the technology. We got together with engineers and we figured out what could we do with technology. But now we start more so with the human experience. And we connect what they desire with what we're able to offer in technology. All we do is hold up what they already want. And so the church could learn something from that. All we do is hold up the answer to guilt. All we do is hold up uh, hope in Jesus Christ. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. And so all we do is open our mouths and witness about the one who was lifted. And folks say, that's exactly I've been missing. That's exactly what I've always needed. There is where we find meaning and purpose. Let us pray. Thank you for listening to New City Sermon Podcasts. For more information, check us out at www.newcityhh.com. We'll see you next week.